Welcome to the Roadmap to One Million podcast. I'm your host, Stacey Zeal, and if you're looking for the high-level strategies and stories behind building a seven-figure product brand, then you're in the right place. On this show, we'll uncover the advanced strategies, stories, and secrets that you need to know in order to take your e-commerce brand to the next level. Are you ready to uncover your Roadmap to One Million? Let's dive in. Hello, hello. Welcome to the Roadmap to One Million podcast. My name is Stacy, and I'm super excited for y'all to be here because today we are talking to a tech founder, y'all. Like I wanted to make sure that not only do we bring on guests that can talk about different um, different marketing aspects that they can that they use to grow their businesses, business owners that share their stories, but also business owners, particularly business owners of color that are excited to bring you products and software and all the things. So I'm super excited to talk to Tariq McDaniel today about his system, Profit Restore. So welcome to the show, Tariq. How are you? I'm well, thank you. How are you? I'm good. Good, good. I'm good. excited to chat today for sure. Um, to I'm hear more about your, uh, talk, talk to, to everybody about your software and all that kind of stuff. Before we get there, let's set a little context. We are all about learning about journeys here. So tell me a little bit about your journey to from you know when you were kind of getting started to now being a tech founder wow yeah so um i'm, I'm just gonna fast forward through a lot of this but um i'm a i'm an old school engineer programmer and network administrator kind of guy that was way 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 back in my past and um i quickly kind of fell in love with business and and more so marketing and uh, I started several different side hustles. And then, you know, fast forwarding all the way up until the probably about five-ish years ago, I was getting really heavy into e-commerce. And um, I, I found that it was, it was an interesting place, but um, I, I kept running into some of the same issues trying to go from, you know, that store that does $10 a day to the store that does a thousand or 10,000 plus, you know, a day. And um, I, I started to come upon some, you know, solutions and I got way better at paid media or at least using paid media for myself because a handful of years before that, I, I, I ran several different uh, marketing campaigns uh, for primarily for healthcare. I, I did a lot of, uh, a lot of media buying uh, for healthcare companies. When I worked at uh, a marketing agency, probably if I if I threw the name out there, everyone would, many many people would know. Um, but anyway, um, I I went from that to now where I am now, which is helping e-commerce companies get over some of their some of their big humps in terms of conversion rate and, uh, and, and testing and doing kind of doing some of the things that need to be done. So yeah, hopefully, yeah. hopefully that, hopefully that makes sense. Yeah, no, it makes sense. And I, I love that one. I love talking to marketers because we can really talk marketing language <laughs> and we yes. understand each other for sure. And I love that really kind of you created your product out of a solution that you needed, which is something to help you to, you know, scale. And that's one of the things that we talk about here a lot on Roadmap to One Million 
And a lot of the business owners, a lot of the CEOs here, I call them my next level CEOs. So my, a lot of my next level CEOs that are listening to the show, they are either experiencing one of two problems. And I think today we're going to hit on one of those other problems, the, the second problem. But the first problem is either they are not getting enough traffic. So they're not, so they are, they're, they're you know, they convert people really well and their business is growing, but they're not getting in front of enough people. Um, but the other problem, one of the biggest problems, and one a problem that I'm actually working with a client, I'm working with a, a new client now, is that they're getting traffic, but they're not converting enough of that traffic, or they're losing people. So maybe they're like running ads, or they're doing a lot of organic marketing, and their conversion rate, you know, is at like you know 10%, 20%, something like that. But instead of trying to focus on getting um, converting more people, they're focused on getting more traffic, right? And so they're finding they're finding that their that their funnel is leaking, or their customer journey is kind of like leaking, and people are not going in the way that they should be because there are just different things that they're kind of losing people. Um, so talk to me about what Profit Restore is, and then let's also talk about why it's important for our next level CEOs to, you know, understand what the tool does, but then also on a greater scheme of like, you know, what the what the tool does, what does it help them to solve? Yeah. So um, before I jump into that, I I do want to touch for 30 seconds on that first problem, yeah, right? Which is more traffic. And most of the time that can be a really vicious trap because more traffic doesn't always mean more qualified traffic. And it it the the rules of the world, the laws of our universe definitely apply here. And so um, many times we'll see, yeah, you can get more traffic, but is it going to convert like the last 1 million visitors that you drove? Or are you pushing the algorithms to just give you more traffic, hoping that you'll get more dollars out of it? And and many times we find ourselves kind of wrestling with the, the law of diminishing returns and it applies here. So um, I think that that's one of the reasons why I usually don't preach just buy more traffic buy more traffic i'm really kind of you know preaching that that second part which is let's leverage the traffic that you have and uh, un unless you really just don't have much traffic uh, but if you got a decent amount of traffic and you're seeing leaks you're seeing holes in your funnel uh, or where people have clear uh, areas where they're dropping off. Let's let's come up with a testing strategy. Let's employ some you know higher level uh, tactics and strategies. Profit restore probably you know being a high high quality candidate for one of those things that can help. And so going into you know what profit restore is and really what it what it was birthed from. My e-commerce store, I, I I had one that I sold kind of I, I'll call them trinkets. Um, and it wasn't a lot of trinkets. It was, it was almost like a three-product store. And uh, what what I found was that the audience that was coming, that was buying the traffic uh, to get in front of, they did love the product, but they all kind of had the same four or five reasons why they didn't buy it when they added it to the cart. And what I began to struggle with is how to remarket to them the most effective way, right? And so, you know, you want to do email remarketing, you want to do retargeting on, you know, on Facebook and Instagram and wherever they happen to be on the internet. And what I was 
funny, this is just for me, is that it was costing me a lot of money and I wasn't seeing, I wasn't seeing the amount of water come out of those stones that I wanted to see come out of it. And so it's interesting because what I did was I changed my cart so that people had to give me a phone number. And I, I found that one, it didn't really diminish my audience or my amount of people that were checking out. When you're checking out, you're gonna to wanna to put your phone number in there anyway. And so it didn't, it, it didn't affect that negatively, which you know, one of the first tenets of marketing is do no harm. So I did no harm. Um, and so then uh, I, I quite literally picked up the phone and I started dialing and I started texting people manually from my actual cell phone. It, it was like a grasshopper number or something. And that's when I found out, wow, everybody has the same three or four, maybe five reasons why they didn't buy. And number two, they were pleasantly surprised to hear from the brand, right? And I think that that's one of the one of the issues that I was kind of uncovering with this is that the people that are buying are still people. And we believe that commerce, business, in a sense, is still human. However, in the digital age, we've dehumanized it and we've automated everything. And now we've got chatbots that are just as, you know, kind of just as good as having conversations, uh, insert chat GPT and every derivative of chat GPT. And um, it, it still doesn't take out that human aspect that I believe is required sometimes to facilitate a deal or facilitate a, a, a purchase. And so I would text them, I would text them and I would ask them, why didn't you buy? What happened? It's my fault. It's not your fault. But what happened? They would tell me. And the interesting part is I would, I would very easily get them over that hump. It was a trust issue. They didn't know when it was going to ship. They weren't sure if we were actually legit or real. Um, they hadn't read any reviews or they were price comparing. And being able to handhold and take them down that journey is equivalent to having a assistant shopper when you go to a store that says, you know, that doesn't look as good on you as this would, or that looks great on you, or I think this is the perfect one for you. You ready to buy now? And answering all of their objections and questions all through text messaging. And I was able to recover about 50% of the people that, um, that I was able to, you know, get in touch with. No matter how far along you are on your entrepreneurial journey, there are moments when you may feel isolated, stressed, or grapple with imposter syndrome. Trust me, you are not alone, and hearing stories from other founders that have overcome the same challenges as you can make a big difference. Comcast NBC Universal's Lift Labs offers you that perspective by giving a platform to Black and Latino founders navigating the startup world and life's everyday challenges in season two of Founding in Color. This three-part docu-series lets you hear directly from underrepresented founders. 
As local sports network founder Dustin McMahon puts it, every time my company reaches a new milestone, I get further and further away from people who look like me. Each episode of Founding in Color offers up gems from startup founders like Chris Witherspoon of Pop Viewers and Folase Ugumokin of Unscripted TV that'll inspire you to take action. Whether your business is an idea or you're pitching a VC for funding to get to the next level, this is a must-watch series. You can watch all three episodes of Funding in Color Season 2 right now on Peacock. I love all that what you said. I want to recap a couple of things that you said um, so that we can really hit this home because it's there were so many gems, y'all. And I hope y'all have y'all are, are taking notes. I know that we were supposed to be talking about a tool today, but we just got a whole marketing class right here on conversion rates. And so one, a couple of one things that you said, one, you talked about more traffic doesn't necessarily mean qualified traffic, right? I think that is so important to understand that if you are seeing that your business is either sitting between I'm not getting enough traffic or I'm getting enough traffic and I'm not converting, right? Like more, just because more does not mean that you're going to, you know, hold that things are going to hold steady, right? Like, you know, you have to make sure that you're making sure that it's qualified, but then also, you know, when you talked about how you added your, added a phone number to cart, right? This is, that is a convert. That's how to, how you optimize your conversion rate y'all. So like what it, what that means is that it's not always about finding, you know, having a new product or having new things or, or, or stuff like that. It's really about figuring out how can I optimize the experience from beginning to end. And a lot of brands don't think about the, don't think about the checkout process. And so I remember when I worked at Zappos, like there was a whole team that was responsible for the checkout process. <laughs> you know, like there are people whose job it is to make sure that they're testing different things on the, on the, on the checkout and making sure that it's functioning for everybody, making sure that, you know, if they're seeing kind of like tickets come through of like people can't check out or, you know, getting signals when, you know, would check out with would check out volume would drop right so that they could make changes and so this is how you have to really think about your business is thinking about like what are some more levers that I can pull what are some things that I can add to my current experience to enhance that experience for customers and I loved how you talked about how you want how really people had the same three to four issues right like you know and these and the issues were just for anybody that missed it like trust issues not sure when it's going to ship reviews, price shop, you know, they were price shopping, all of these kinds of things. I think that if you think about, you know, your customer as this next level CEO, they probably go through some of those four similar things, right? That's, it's very typical when you're thinking about more like an e-commerce kind of brand, right? Building that trust, making sure that people know who you are, making sure that they have all the details that they need to make a purchase. Because I know for me, definitely, like if I'm looking to buy something, if I need to go to brunch on Sunday, I need to get me an outfit. I need to make sure that that thing going to be here by Saturday, <laughs> right? You know, and so like these kinds of things are things that we don't think about when we just set up our carts and we just kind of, you know, we don't think about the very end of the process. And so I love that you hit on the very end of the, not even, not even like necessarily the end, end of the process, but really the beginning of the end of the process. Um, and then the other piece that you talked about that I think is definitely worth mentioning for sure is that we we're in this world of kind of like, you know, we've dehumanized commerce, right? Like, you know, at the end of the day, and I say this all the time, like what you were saying, I say this when I think about Facebook ads, it's like, at the end of the day, you are showing your ad to one person, right? Like you can reach billions of people on Facebook that at the end of the day, one person is looking at the ad, one person's going to the landing page, one person is completing that checkout process, right? Like it's not about trying to market to trying to focus on scale before you focus on human, right? And so I love that the tool that you created helps to kind of infuse the human back into commerce. And so 
Can you speak to that a little bit more about, you know, that missing element and how Profit Restore kind of helps to bridge that gap between not no between, you know, you know, keeping things just commerce and all on the internet versus like, you know, adding that human element to encouraging to facilitating the end of the sale. Exactly. Yeah, I, I can. You know, um, what I what I had touched on was the the I'll call it delight that customers or near customers, prospects at this point would experience when they heard from me, which is, you know, the owner of the founder. Of course, in, in your CEO's case, it's probably not going to be them uh, in their person, their you know, likeness, sending text messages. Honestly, right? honestly, it might. And I don't mean the drug, but I, was, I say that because I have been like, I, so I, I make it a point to do a lot of like coffee chats and really like get on the phone with people and just kind of talk about where they're at in business. And so many CEOs who I know are also talking about how they're trying to infuse more human themselves, their humanness more into their business, but they're trying to do it at scale. And so there's other apps, like someone was telling me about this app that allows you to send a video to someone. Like they sign yeah, up, they fill yeah. out your call form or something, and then you get pinged on Asana or something that says like, hey, you know, you have a new lead, send them a, vi yeah. a video using the XYZ app. Right. And so I, I think it's the same thing that we're doing here. So I love that that the tool is helping us to move into that um into that yeah. direction. But go ahead, sorry. That's Ah, gosh, that's such a perfect example, right? Because the video is, it adds that, that visual element that um, is, is so critically important. But, you know, the long and short of it is that the way that we do this is, is really simple and it's kind of groundbreakingly simple, right? Um, a, a customer or a prospect is almost ready to buy and they don't. And then a handful of moments later, they get a text and the text, they know that it's a human because it says, hi, I am so-and-so from so-and-so, and I noticed you weren't able to X, Y, or Z. And just talk to me, tell me, I promise you, I'm not a robot, right? Like when, when, you, when you come to them, especially today, we don't know if it's a robot or not. Like it's it's near impossible to figure out. But building that trust and kind of extracting their reasons out of why they didn't buy or what their apprehension was, or you know, if they were just price shopping, or you know, honestly, sometimes they were looking for a discount. So they left the cart to go to retail me not or to somewhere to see if they could find a discount um for you know for for the product that they're that they're buying and so um just coming to them as a as a human really allowed for us to really truly humanize humanize the experience or i'll say rehumanize the experience and kind of bridge the gap between this uh wild west digital front and what people are really used to, which is, can I help you? Yes or no. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, especially like we were saying, like with, you know, that, that trust factor, cause it's like with AI on the rise, honestly, I think, you know, we're going to have to build, we're going to have to work harder to build trust because, you know, as we see with any kind of like new wave of things, right. You get super, everybody gets super excited about this new tools or these new trends or new things that are coming out. Like I think about with influencers, right. People were super excited when influencers really started to make a splash and, you know, become really big. 
And then everybody caught on, right? The general population, because you, you have those people who are early adopters and who know what's going on in the new trends. But then you have the vast majority of the public that then captures on it like, oh, okay, influencers, brands are hiring influencers to tell their stories. But then yeah. you have that factor of, oh, do I trust this brand because they're using other people? Or, you know, do I trust this brand enough to give them my phone, to give them my phone number, right? Like, yeah. with, you know, is this brand even writing its own content, right? Like, are you writing your own blogs now that we have AI? It's like, so it's like, and it's, and it's this is not, you know, to bash AI, because I think that it is very much, it has its place in marketing for sure. But I think that as consumers catch on, as our customers catch on to all of these tools that we're using as marketers to lighten our load and to, you know, to to create more content, I think we're going to also have to make sure that we are establishing trust even more so than we had before, because consumers are going to catch on and they're going to see like, uh, is this really this person talking or is this really this brand talking? We are, people already feel kind of way about brands anyway, <laughs> in general, yeah. right? Like, because yeah. they see these big operations and corporations and stuff like that. So I love that it has, you know, that human element, because I think that we're just so going to be missing that as all these new tools and stuff come out. You know, I think, I think you touch on some really interesting stuff and, you know, you're, the, the whole premise behind the road to, to a million uh, is it's critical for you or you as a CEO or you as a brand, whether it is a faceless brand or it's a personal brand. I think it's more than critical now for you to truly humanize it and show more of the actual operation, show more of who you are at your core, people are more conscious now than we've ever been, right? I mean, it's 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 crazy, but you know, there there's people that will dig through your oldest tweets in like that 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 you ever tweeted just to see if you are on this side of the fence or on that side of the fence or where you are, or are you a good person at your core? And that's really what they want to see. And so uh, while you can't, you know, convey all of that in a text message, what you can do and what you can do through a text or an MMS message is really bridge the gap between we don't know you at all to, okay, I'm actually able to text them and they'll answer and they'll answer my questions about is this real? Is, is the silver really silver or is it an alloy or, you know, um, are the, are the shoes gonna ship tomorrow or, or what? Amazon really ruined that for everybody um, because of the, you know, the prime two day shipping. Interestingly enough, it's not even two day shipping anymore, right? Right. Oh my <laughs> I'm telling you, I've been looking for my brunch fix and I'd be like, no, it's not gonna rock in time. <laughs> right, they don't have to, they don't even have to hold themselves to that anymore. But what they do do is they tell you with pretty good confidence exactly when you're gonna get it, right? And so you don't have to wonder, is it gonna get to me? You could see if you order between here and here, it's gonna get to you by Friday. So they they got over that hump, but there's still a lot of other you know other humps that um, that exist. And you know Amazon is a it's it's a whole thing. So we're we're primarily not talking about Amazon here. We're talking about you know those those other brands. That yeah, exist. yeah, definitely. And I think that you know one of the reasons I started this show is because I want to reveal some of these things that are brands who are under a million, somewhere between that six, you know, that, that mid six figures or that early six yeah. figures and, and, and mil- a million, 
I wanted to reveal some of the things that working at a big brand, you know, right? Like, you know, I, you know, knowing that there's a whole team in charge of checkout, knowing that like, even when I think about, you know, Zappos, like whole customer service team, people, there were people who were responsible for chat, people who were responsible for phones, people who were like, and so it's so important to understand that as you're growing and as you're scaling and as you're getting to that next level, not only will you have to do things to increase your conversion rate, right? The, to, to convert more of the traffic and to increase your sales, but you also still have to maintain that human element. And I think honestly, I would even go as far as to say that for smaller brands, it's even more important to have that human element because I'm shopping with you likely because I know you're a small brand. Like if I wanted to go exactly. to shop at a Zappos, I would have shopped at Zappos, right? Or if I wanted to go exactly. and shop at, you know, at, at, at a Lululemon or something like that, I would, right? But because because I'm buying these leggings from this particular brand. Like if it's a black owned brand, I really support the founder. I love what they're doing. I'm buying it from them because I'm buying into their story and I love what they're doing. Like I have so many, you know, clients that, I'm th that I think about that are, you know, women of color that are doing amazing things that have amazing products. And so it's like, you know, that human element is a part of your brand, right? And so if you get to that point where you're you're doing a little too much AI or you're doing a little too much, relying too much on technology that pulls away from, you know, the draw that people have to your brand. Because I do think that people make, people now more and more are making more conscious decisions about where they're shopping and knowing that it's a founder that I can either talk to or that I can follow on Twitter or that I feel like I can be a part of their story or part of their world. I think you see it with like, you know, the Spice Suite, you see it with all these other brands that where the founder is the face of the brand, you know, and they are, you know, kind of driving the story. And so making sure that on the back end, you're not also removing all the humanness that you, you possibly could have. So talk to me a little bit about how Profit Restore works from a, you know, uh, from a technical side. So that way our business owners can really understand, like, you know, if I'm, if I'm, I'm if I'm, and what place do they have to be? And actually, before we jump there, what place do we have to be in in business before we're looking at this? So we all know that, I think we definitely can agree that, you know, conversion rate optimization is important wherever you are in business, but for specifically for a Profit Restore, like, you know, do I need to already have a texting program in place? Like, where should I kind of be? What do I need to know about my business? Do I need to know like some kind of how do I make that decision to say like, yes, this is, you know, this is something that I think that I, this is a tool that I think I need right now. Yeah. And so um, it, it is perfectly fine if you already have a texting program in place, you prime, you most likely have that because of one of two or three reasons you, you have a, uh, an opt-in where you're uh, giving away a discount and you have some automation that, uh, automatically sends them a 10% off or $5 off coupon code if they give you their phone number, right? Um, and the, the other way is usually past buyers, right? Like past purchasers, and you put them in a specific journey for sales or, you know, um, future discounts that are exclusive to people that have bought from you before, things like that, or, you know, or just everybody, but uh, depending on your level of sophistication, but I do believe that a profit restore type of product, and I, and I love something that you just mentioned as a second ago, but you didn't, you didn't go uh, as far into it. And it was um, the amount of, of testing and traffic and, you know, people that work or own big companies like Zappos, they can get to significance inside of a day, right? On a test, they can get to significance sometimes inside of a few hours and know this is definitely working or 
guys, we need to cut this off right now. Mm-hmm. Smaller e-commerce stores and founders, they don't necessarily have the ability all the time to just get to statistical significance on a test that they may have an idea of or just have, you know, maybe they started. And so uh, I think it's, you know, critical that you do test, but know that you may not get to significance in an hour or in six hours or in even a week. It may take you a while before you can confidently say, this is definitely the direction. And so I, I, I do love that. Uh, however, what I did mention a minute ago earlier was that number one rule is don't do harm, right? And doing no harm is really our first tenant, right? We, the way that our technology works, it's nearly invisible. Right. It's nearly invisible to the buyer, to the consumer or your, you know, your possible customers, your prospects. The way that it works is that we have a software that we install on the store. And when a user gets to the checkout page, right, and they're ready to, or they are about to put their credit card in and they decide, you know what, I'm putting this card back in my pocket and I'm walking back out the door. In fact, what we have access to is all of that data that sits inside of your marketing dashboard now, right? We have access to their name, their email address, their cart value, the items that were in their cart and their phone number, right? If they gave their phone number, which many of them will. And so what we do is we have a uh, we have a an, a an API that um, that data gets written over to into our system and all of our clients are on completely uh, completely different uh, dashboards and so uh, every new customer has their own database and we don't allow data to bleed from one to another um, and long story short is we now have that data from your platform into our platform and along with their cart and their name and when they abandon their cart and the value of the cart. And so we, you know, what we, I think what we don't usually go for or can work with are people, e-commerce stores that are selling items that are, you know, $4 to $10. It's just really hard for us as a business to make a profit and for us to, you know, make it make sense for, for them. And so there's, there's that aspect, but um, at this stage in our journey, we're also, you know, we, we kind of have a cap on who we can work with, right? We can't work with Zappos because we'll just, we'll, we would, we'd get swallowed by, by Jonah's whale. Um, um, but, you know, up to, up to about uh, three quarters of a million dollars in revenue, you know, per per year is is usually uh, where we are kind of targeting somewhere between a quarter million and about you know three quarters of a million up to you know pushing up to a million and um, average average cart values being you know at least at least fifty to seventy five dollars. It's that's really critical for us because our business model truly does rely on that. Our revenue only comes from recovered carts. We don't charge per text message. We don't charge uh, onboarding fees and all of that. We only make money when we put money back into your pocket. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so 
that's yeah. um, that's that's the gist of it. Yeah, I love that. Thank you so much for that explanation because I think it definitely helps to put into context um, what we what we need. Because I, I feel like you know, honestly, I feel like deep in my core and my mission, I feel like in life <laughs> is to help brands and help CEOs understand that your marketing does not have to be overwhelming and it doesn't have to stress you out and it doesn't have to bog you down, right? It should really be energized and it should be exciting. Um, and when you have these kinds of tools that don't require anything, you know, a lift from not, not much of a lift from you as a CEO. So it's not relying on you to actually have to install something or to follow up with leads or to get the people in your lead tracker and try to recover those sales, right? Like you have this working in the background. And so ways that, so, so I challenge our CEOs out there, our next level CEOs to figure, to start to think about ways that you can optimize what you're already doing. Right. Because if you're seeing that, like, hey, like, you know, my AOB, my average order value is, is between 50 and $75. You know, I'm somewhere between 250 to three and a half million. And so you're making actual money in your business and you, and then that hits to being able to have tests that are giving you significance. Right. Like, because if you're not making that many sales, you know, you're still in that testing phase. You're still in that beginning phase and trying to figure stuff out. And that's fine. We all have to go through that. Right. We all have Absolutely. to go through that beginning phase. Nobody gets to skip that part. Right. But for our CEOs who are at that quarter million plus, and you're trying to think about how can I increase what I'm doing and do more and, and increase my sales, but without having to increase me physically actually having to do something, I definitely challenge y'all to look into this tool for sure. Because if you're thinking like, if you're seeing that your that your abandoned cart rate is like, you know, 60%, that's a problem, right? Like we want to make sure that, you know, you take a look at those baseline kind of numbers and say like, hey, I need to take my conversion, you know, my, my abandoned cart rate from 60% to like 40%, you know, or like, and so what are some levers that I can pull to actually do that? And I love that you say that y'all get, that y'all get paid for recovered sales, right? So because, so that incentivizes y'all to actually recover the sales, right? Like Absolutely. you're not just, you know, blasting out text messages to people because that's what you see, like some of these other e-commerce brands, when you sign up for their texting programs, it very much just feels like a blast, right? It feels like you're just sending something out. And I would even say like, you know, email even is more of a two-way street than texting, right? Because I never text a brand back, right? I never text H&M back to say, thank you so much for sending me that coupon, right? You know, so it doesn't create that two-way street in the, in the traditional sense that people are using SMS marketing now. But if you're thinking about, you know, adding that human element to your brand and 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 really finding ways to, do more without having to physically do more, like to get more sales without having to actually physically do more things yourself or having to focus on spending more on ads or, you know, getting, you know, getting more traffic, you can really start to figure out like, how can I optimize the journey that people already go on? I definitely encourage y'all to definitely take a look at the tool. So let us know anything, any final thoughts before we wrap up and, and, and want to hear, you know, how we can connect with you and how we can learn more and all that kind of good stuff. Oh my gosh, you know, the easiest way is just to go to profitrestore.com and, and, you know, fill out the form there. Uh, you could, you could reach me. Obviously, I have a phone number there. You can text it and it's me. So um, just, just to, just to, you know, button, button that up. I could talk about uh, e-commerce and digi the, the digital landscape for, for hours and days. So I think that you know, there, there was something that uh, one of my old uh, coaches used to tell me, he'd say, cut the tail. Like, yes, you could talk about this for forever, but cut the tail. I want to cut the tail. I think that we've had a super productive conversation. Uh, I could, I could, you know, we could go for hours. I know you do literally go for hours on your, on your podcast and you, you never run out of things to educate all of us on. So uh, I, I appreciate you 
uh, allowing me on here, but I think I think we are. I think I have I've mentioned the most important parts. Yeah, love that. I I agree. I think that we definitely hit on a lot of good things today, and I think that these are conversations that not a lot of people are having, right? About like a lot of people are talking to you about how to get more traffic, right? That's something yeah. that so many people have built their businesses on about telling you how to get more traffic. And yeah. I challenge you to, as a CEO, I'm challenging our next level CEOs out there to look at different areas of your marketing and other than, other than getting more traffic, right? It's not about saying like, oh, let me get on TikTok because I need more, I need more sales, right? It, are you actually, you know, maximizing the landscape that you own as much as possible, right? Are you maximizing your website? Are you maximizing your checkout process? Are you making sure you're getting, you're collecting your first party data so you can follow up with people so you're not spending all of your money in retargeting, right? And it's like, you know, I love how when we talked earlier that like, you know, email marketing, like having your welcome sequences set up and abandoned cart emails set up and abandoned cart um, text messages set up, all that kind of stuff is baseline, right? Like, you know, definitely get that stuff into place first. Definitely make sure that, you know, you are doing your retargeting and those things like that, because that is definitely very helpful to recovering those sales. But also think about ways that you can recover the sale in, in more humanized ways, more personalized ways, you know? So thank you so much for coming on the show. I'm super excited for everybody to listen to this episode because this is this is a lot of good stuff, y'all. So make sure that y'all um, connect, go to profitrestore.com. The links and all of that will be in the show notes. Um, and we're definitely gonna go live when this episode comes out. So if you wanna jump on and ask questions about you know the software or you know conversion rates and that kind of stuff, then we're definitely gonna do that. So thank you so much for coming on the show. We can go ahead and land in here. All right, y'all, we'll text, talk to y'all later. Thanks. Thank you so much for listening to the Roadmap to One Million podcast. I just know you got a nugget or two from that episode that will take your brand to the next level if you take action. Keyword, take action. So head over to stacyzeal.co slash checklist to get a free resource that will help you to take action on what you learned today so that you can get on to building the brand of your dreams. And be sure to leave us a review so businesses like yours can get this gold as well. All right, y'all. I'll see you on the next episode.